What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. Thanks for joining us on a Monday. How you guys doing? How's your Monday going? It is Monday the 1st, February 1st. I told you, we are just flying through. January went by like that. Before you know it, we'll all be vaccinated, be going out again, going to games. It'll be great. But uh, on today's show, NHL Monday, going to talk about home ice advantage. What does it mean? What is it worth? Is it changed because of what's going on with COVID? No one at games. You know, it's, it's had an impact sport by sport, and it's meant something different in every sport. And that's a good place to start because home court in general or home ice, home field, home court, it's really tough to, to nail down. It, it, it's a really tricky thing. In some sports, right? Like in the NFL, you hear a lot of people say home field is worth three points. And that is so rudimentary. Now, it's usually around three points, but to just blindly give three points wouldn't be doing enough homework. Uh, Other sports like baseball, it's slightly weighted into the number. One to two percent is what you'll hear quoted uh, in some different outlets about what it should be. Now, for me, the way I do soccer and hockey and and baseball it's all built in you have different home road splits within uh kind of what i use within my formula so so i'm getting home road it's just built into the number because look some teams are better at home some teams are better on the road some teams are worse at home some teams worse on the road you get a team who's really good on the road going up against a team who performs very average at home that's going to be a different home ice advantage in the NHL than the team who performs worse on the road against the team who is, again, average at home. You know, all this is different. It's not just about one team. It's about both teams. It's about circumstances, situation, travel, the, the, just the, the, the crowd. I've always said this. I think we did a show on this a couple months ago. What is, you know, what is the crowd worth? We did this at the beginning of COVID because I was wondering when we're adjusting our home ice, home field, home court, what do we adjust? How much is that sound worth? And what I found was that basketball, the NBA and college basketball, it's the most impactful because fans are right there. They're right next up to the court. It's very emotional. You, you get these swings of emotion that happen frequently because of the high scoring. So the crowd noise and the crowd impact and the crowd affecting the emotions on the game is a very real thing. In football, you know, the crowd being loud when the opponent has the ball has a real impact. If you can't hear your quarterback and you're a right tackle and you can't communicate, you're going to have a hard time changing plays, audibling, things like that. It is a built-in advantage in football for your home crowd to be loud. The road quarterback can't hear, and it ends up being a true advantage. Well, hockey's a little bit different. Hockey is the weakest home ice advantage or home field advantage of any sport out there. And it's not that crowds don't have an impact because if you're losing by one goal and you just killed off a penalty and there's five minutes left in the game and that crowd's getting into it, that does give those players a bit of a boost. But that's about it. That's the extent of home ice advantage. And you see this play out. There are teams who may struggle because it's a long road trip. and That's the thing. It's not necessarily about the crowd being loud. In the NHL, you hear teams say all the time, you know what, you go down and 
You play the, the Florida Panthers, there's a lot of distractions. You know, you go over and play the LA Kings, a lot of distractions. Easy to go out. You go up and play the Winnipeg Jets, man, there's nothing to do up there. It's boring. Teams play worse in Winnipeg. You know, you go to, to Denver, and there's the altitude built in. So sometimes... Home ice comes down to how long did you have to travel? Is this a long road trip? What's the what's the feeling of the team? Is it the last couple of games of a road trip? If you're on an eight-game road trip and you're playing your last game on the road, statistics say a lot of teams just want to get home. That last game on a long road trip, teams underperform. So everything matters. The idea of a crowd and the crowd volume impacting hockey games, that's not the case. So the answer for what is home ice worth this year compared to other years in the NHL, it's very comparable. It's very similar. Here's the problem. Is when you get small sample size and when you get people who don't understand how to look at numbers or data or analyze small sample size and who have jobs writing for newspapers like the New York Post, (laughs) you're going to get really bad information that gets disseminated quickly to the public because the New York Post is a very well-known, very popular outlet. And I'm going to talk today about an article, Home Ice Once Again Means Something for NHL Betters. It's an article that came out today by... Andy McNeil, and it looks like it's Andy McNeil of VSIN. And this is what I've noticed so far: is that VSIN, uh, V-S-I-N, it's a it's a little uh, sports betting network. They do some articles that get picked up by the New York Post. I haven't been very impressed so far, and I'm not looking to pick anybody off. If it's a good article with good information, that's perfect. That's what I want. You know, I, I I like to think that my listeners on this show are more educated than the typical listeners of the typical podcast because there's a lot of shitty information out there, and we try and not only teach the good information but point out the bad information because in doing this, we all learn at the same time. So this New York Post article... Uh, talks about home ice and what home ice has meant traditionally. We touched on the idea that 55% of home teams have won since 2005. Uh, this article also talks about the bubble, that only 45% of home teams in the bubble won. Well, we've got to keep into account the bubble was the bubble. There were no home teams. There were no away teams. The only built-in, I, I actually should mention this too, in hockey, the built-in advantage you have being the home team, you get the last change. So you see who the away team or the opponents put out on the ice, and then you get the chance to put your own guys out on the ice. But it happens so often that you go out for a face-off, you're going to put your first line against their fourth line. Okay, usually what teams will do Win the faceoff, lose the faceoff, whatever. Try and get the puck back, dump it into your zone, and then get your first line out there. I mean, it's usually easy, easily navigated against for a good coach who understands his personnel. And away coaches don't put themselves in bad situations. They're not just going to put the fourth line out there after a stoppage and give the other coach an opportunity to take advantage. So most coaches in the NHL are very good at this, very well aware of this, but that does still exist, and it's something to, to take account in. But, it, you know... Last year, the fact that only 45% of teams won in the bubble, 45% of quote-unquote home teams won in the bubble, small sample size. You can't take much from it. And then this article goes on to say, however, even though 45% of teams in the bubble won last year, what we're seeing this season is an astonishing 60% of teams have won so far at home. Now, it's not just about the percentage of games teams are winning. It's about what they're charging, right? Obviously, 55% of teams have won in the NHL at home since 2005. 
Okay, again, 55% of home teams have won in the NHL since 2005. The only problem is 55% as a number converts to minus 122. The average home price since 2005 has been minus 140. So if you're betting the home team, yeah, you've won 55% of your games into lines that are priced on average minus 140. And you have to have lines on average minus 122 to break even. So you're still losing money. Okay. Well, this year, 60% of home teams have won, and the average home price has been uh, minus 108. So you may be thinking, that's huge. That's a huge difference. Oh my gosh. And that's what this article is trying to say. And again, this information in the wrong hands, this is what kind of an article will get written. But I wanted to be clear to my audience, right? We're getting smarter with this. This is the definition of small sample size. This is the definition of not overreacting to very small numbers. There have only been, I believe, 138 games played this season in total. <laughs> 138! That's laughable. Over the course of a regular season, you get over 2,500 games. This season, the shortened season, we're going to have over 1,600 games. That means so far, we've played about 8%, a little over 8% of games. And within that, not only have we hardly started to play any games yet, the way the schedule is constructed this year, teams are playing back-to-backs. Teams are playing, well, not back-to-backs, but double-headers. Teams are playing the same team twice. Sometimes they're playing the same team four times in a row. The Colorado Avalanche are currently in the middle of a four-game stint against Minnesota. Two in Minnesota, two in Denver. So, not only is it very, very extremely small sample size, you're getting teams that are doubling up on opponents. So when you get the Avalanche at the LA Kings, you're getting that twice in a row. So we're seeing those numbers now double. It's twice. I mean, Montreal, so far, or Montreal, the Canadians, they will have played Vancouver five times before they played Ottawa once. They've played They've played the Flames twice. They've played the Oilers twice so far this season. Vancouver five times, Ottawa zero. And they're going to play Ottawa a lot this year, as many as the other opponents. So what does this mean? This means that these are some wacky numbers. If you get any sample size of 1,612, I think it is, games this year, and you take out a random 138, you're going to get some weird stuff. And by the way, this isn't random... This is, as a matter of fact, the first 138, the first sequence in this year is going to be off more because teams aren't used to this. Teams aren't used to the back-to-back, to staying on the road, to, 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 to doing things like this. And wouldn't you think that it would be common sense that over the course of a season, the home team would actually do worse than they have in the past because away teams aren't dealing with the long travel. If you have to go to Winnipeg, a traditionally tough place to travel to, barren city, nothing to do, hard to get to, you have to go play one game, then you leave. Okay, That's why Winnipeg usually has inflated numbers for home. Well, if you now go to Winnipeg and you you don't have to deal with any of that, and maybe you lose the first game, but then you have to then you stay another night, right? And then the third night you're there, you play your second game you're going to see away teams perform actually better. I'm anticipating an increase from away teams this season. You know, when you go to Denver, that altitude could be tricky for the first day or two. Trust me, I live there. I understand it. But if you go on a Monday, play game one on a Tuesday, you've got Wednesday off, Thursday off, 
play the next game on a Friday before you leave. You now have spent Monday, you've been in Denver since Monday, and that's going to happen plenty this year. You know, these games aren't always one game night off the other game. And so you're going to have a lot of teams who their second night in Denver at altitude look better. So the idea, and again, the reason why I'm bringing this up, I'm not trying to slam on any of these writers. Andy McNeil, I'm not, I don't know this guy from anybody, but when I see bad information out there or guys who get information and don't know how to read it, don't know how to use it, and then they're spreading stuff like home teams are overperforming. I don't want my listeners to read that, start betting blindly on home teams and lose money. That's not going to be the case over the next month or two. This will correct itself. The fact that we've had 138 games so far, don't overreact to that. Don't overdo it. Uh, before we get, we uh, keep going here, special thanks to Better Edge, a uh, great new show sponsor, and the best way to start making more money immediately. Better Edge is the future of betting in America. I really believe that. Once people understand that Better Edge is so much more profitable than betting at a normal sports book, they're going to convert over to Better Edge. And I believe that Better Edge is the first of its kind in the United States. I'm not positive on that, but I believe so. Check them out online, betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. Uh, put in promo code SHARP. If you put in promo code SHARP, S-H-A-R-P, you'll get a free $10 in your account with no rollover. So take that 10 bucks, see how you like it, see how it works, because it's not a sports book. It acts like a sports book, but here's the difference. It facilitates trades between two people, just random people. If you want one side of a game, Better Edge will pair you with someone else who wants the other side of the game. So there is no house taking an edge, taking a VIG. You know, typically in a sports book, if you have a money line bet, a money line game, uh, the home team may be minus 150, the road team may be uh, plus 120, right? Well, in betteredge.com, if the home team is minus 150, the road team would be plus 150. If the, if the favorite is minus 175, the underdog is plus 175. So you're never betting into a VIG. And mathematically, by definition... If you can make bets with no VIG, no one out there, not my dog, not my sister, would expect to lose money over the long run. It would be essentially flipping coins. Every time I win, you give me 10 bucks. Every time you win, I give you 10 bucks. There's no expected winner here. That's what Better Edge does. It takes the house edge away to make it more profitable for anybody betting sports. Online, betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com, promo code SHARP. All right, um, so uh, home ice, like I said, th what's missing in this article and what's missing with a lot of articles that get written like this and so often you see, and, and you're seeing it so much more these days with blogs, radio shows, podcasts, articles, people who want to do this and think it's fun to bet sports are giving information and they really don't know what they're talking about. They shouldn't be giving information. You know, I feel like context is often lost in these articles, these things that, that get put out there. You know, this article does not say, you know, keep in mind, this is likely to change or this is likely to go the other way. It mentions the small sample size, but overwhelmingly, this is a confusing article. It's, it's deceiving. The average person who doesn't know much about sports betting, who goes to a quote unquote reliable source to try and learn more, they will walk away from this article thinking, oh guys, home go tell his buddies, home teams this year, watch out, NHL home teams doing so well, overperforming, look to bet the home team, when in fact it should be the opposite moving forward. So context is often what's lost in, with, with things that are meant for the masses. 
And that's what this show has been. When I first started this podcast, I was like wanting to talk to other professionals, things like that. And then slowly as it started to grow, I was, I had so many more people who don't bet professionally listening. So it's, it was like, let's pivot. Let's change the show a little bit. Let's make it more consumable for the masses. So now I just take my knowledge and try and talk about as many, as many things as I can and try and make everyone out there smarter. That's why we don't make this show all about giving picks. You know, Anyone can have a good weekend. Anyone can have a bad weekend. It's about the process. It's about the 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 way you go about your job. And I know more than anyone that we would we have a two and four weekend. We gave out our Saturday Sunday picks. I think we went one and two each day. I know couple overtime on Sunday. We had two overtime losers. Come on. I mean, Man, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> no, I'm not going to cry about that. It happens. It's going to happen, right? It's the law of sample size. But what do I do as a better when I start having a bad streak? Do I hit the pause button? Do I panic? Do I worry what's going on? No, I trust my process. I have more than enough data to understand I'm profitable and I have the edge. You just got to keep going. You got to trust your process. Sometimes you win. Sometimes things aren't going to go your way. Do you think that a blackjack table shuts down after a bad night? Why not? They just lost a lot of money. No, because they understand they have the edge. Moving forward, they're not expected to do that. That's how it is betting sports. Uh, you know. And look, if you're not a professional, go to betteredge.com. Then you're not expected to lose anything. But... You know, again, I just feel like it's good to get good information out there and let you guys understand the difference between what's real, what matters, and what doesn't. Um, there are some bad... I, look, I don't want to bash on anyone specifically. Now I'll name a couple after saying that. I'll name a few to stay away from. Uh, don't get your handicapping articles or your information about handicapping from uh, CBS Sportsline, uh, the Action Network... Uh, ESPN, obviously the New York Post, they, they, they have proven to me so far in this very, very young atmosphere where betting is legal in America, those outlets have proven to me they're not reliable. You know, look at Fox. Fox has their own goddamn sports book. They're trying to get into sports betting. Everyone's talking about it on, the, on their TV shows and radio shows, and they have a sports betting show. I think it's called Fox Sports Bet Live. I, I can't watch it. I tried a couple times. They've got one guy on there, Todd Furman. That dude's a pro. He knows his stuff. He's a true professional. Good information. If you're going to watch that show, listen to Todd Furman. The other two guys, they're fucking clowns. These guys don't know what they're talking about. They sound like a couple guys at the bar who, you know, occasionally watch the games on weekends. And they get, you know, they, they don't really know what they're doing. They're giving out like four and five team uncorrelated parlays. <laughs> Just like, What? Can Fox not find guys who are better than this? Or are they just trying to go for eyeballs and like the content? Because the other two guys are, you know, Cousin Sal, who's supposed to be famous from the Jimmy Kimmel show or something like that or something. Jimmy Fallon, I don't know. And then Clay Travis, who just stirs stuff up. And it's like, uh, it, it, honestly, what it does when you know what you're talking about is it just you lose your faith. You see, there's so much more bad info out there. Than good info, and I know I'm, I'm on a bit of a tangent now, so we'll go ahead and wrap today's show up. But and I may as well give out a couple good outlets, right? Not make this all negative. A couple good outlets out there. Uh, I do think 538 does a good job quantifying sports, and that's what we talk about all the time. To handicap effectively, you've got to quantify what's going on on the field, on the ice, on the court. Um, now, I wouldn't necessarily put too much into 538's power rankings, especially soccer. Uh, their power rankings for basketball are not too bad. 
uh, stay away from the soccer power rankings, but take their articles and use their articles. 538 does a great job. By the way, you don't, it's not the numbers 538, it's it, you spell out 538. Um, also, if, if you're interested in uh, looking at, at soccer handicapping, you know, a lot of articles do a really poor job of handicapping. I think that Sports Mole, Mole, <laughs> Sports Mole does a really good job of uh, getting some soccer write ups. So if you guys are ever looking for a good, uh, uh, you know, outlet there, I recommend them. But honestly, I wish I had more for you guys. I'm sure I will in the future as I stumble upon them or across them, but there's more, a lot more bad information these days than there is good info. But this article from the New York Post, I'll read the title again because we're not I'm not posting this thing to my Twitter. I want this associated with me. It's called Home Ice Once Again Means Something for NHL Betters. It's uh it's you can easily find it if you type that into Google, but you know, just bad info. Uh, they have some stuff in there that's that's accurate, that's real, that's factual. And that's that's the problem. When when true stats and true numbers get skewed in a way and painted in a way that seem real. This guy was articulate in the article. He seemed he seems like he know what he's doing like he knows what he's doing if you don't if you don't know any different. So beware. Do your homework. You know, keep coming back here. Tell your friends about podcasts like this and other outlets outlets like this that try and just constantly Get the truth out there and make everybody a better, better. All right. Thanks for listening today. Whatever you have going on tonight, a little hockey, a little basketball, good luck. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle.